number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, and we head to the Stanley Benching and Gates hotline as we get to say hello to our own Vince Ferrara, who joins us this hour. Joining us from Lindsey Nelson Stadium, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. Vince, how are you? I'm good, guys. Glad I was able to actually get a bracket, print a bracket, stare at a bracket. (laughs) Uh, So it's a beautiful time of year, but hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, big thumbs up. Uh, so much excitement for the fact that there is a tournament this year as opposed to the uh, the one-year anniversary, a little bit past it now when everything shut down uh, during the tail end of the conference tournament stage right before Selection Sunday. But, Vince, just your initial thoughts when it comes to Tennessee basketball as uh, you've talked to them all year long. Uh, what do you think of them as a five seed and that first-round matchup against Oregon State? I think it's about right in where they're seated, uh, considering, you know, the kind of year, the kind of second half that they had, but then they did show some life uh, at the end of the year in the last game of the regular season in the SEC tournament. Uh, I thought they were in sort of that, I don't know, four to four to six range, the most likely, depending on what happened in the SEC tournament. I guess they could have worked their way up with uh, a win over Alabama and who knows a an SEC tournament, and then if they would have been one and done, then you probably would would be looking at around a six seed. So uh, I, I thought it was fine. I really didn't have very many problems at all with very many teams seeding. I think one of the teams that might have been that you could mention that might not have been properly seeded is Oklahoma State. I would have thought that Oklahoma State would have been a, a little bit higher. I think Joe Lenardi had had him uh, had them higher also. And uh, they're a really good team, and, and if Tennessee does beat Oregon State, that's going to be a huge challenge with a star in Cade Cunningham. It could very well be the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. So, uh, And they've got other players, too. They're just not a one-man team. So it, it will be a challenge for them to get to the Sweet 16. But, you know, thankful for, for the opportunity. I think all those guys have the right perspective from that standpoint. But it sounds like and feels like they have a different level of lock-in and juice to them in uh, in the way they closed out the regular season and what we saw from Nashville. Will it sustain? I don't know, but I, I think that that five seed and getting uh, you know that first game, I think Tennessee fans have to feel pretty good about it. Oregon State is obviously one of the hotter teams in what they did in the conference tournament. They beat three teams that are all in the NCAA tournament uh, to run through it, and they're, they have a really good top scorer in Ethan Thompson. So um, they can really defend the three tops in the Pac-12 and three-point percentage. That's obviously not what Tennessee relies on, but I think when Tennessee is shooting the three, uh, it makes them a, a more diverse, more explosive uh, offensive team. So um, it's fine, and uh, I, it'll certainly be interesting. I don't have the answers as to how what we're going to see from them because, as you guys know and everybody listening knows, they've been extremely inconsistent. And there's a lot of factors on when they – how well they'll play in game one versus game two or, or even beyond that, and matchups certainly have a lot to do with it. So, Vince, uh, give me your biggest concerns, if you maybe in order, uh, for Tennessee going in. Is it point guard play? Is it ball handling? Or, or is it lack of inside scoring? 
Well, I would even throw in a fourth. Yes, those are all there. Uh, if you, you asked me to order it, so I will say point guard one, post play two, ball handling three, because I think the ball handling can be a shared thing. They, when, when, even when guards rebound or whoever rebounds, they want you to get up and go. And a lot of times what gets them going in transition and playing at a higher pace is that first outlet pass. It's not just the dribbling. Um, now, certainly, if you're getting into the lane, you don't want to get stripped, things like that. But uh, that that would maybe go in the category of decision-making as much as, as dribbling. So, uh, But the point guard thing, it's, it's not that Tennessee at times can't manage it. It's just that that is such a premium quality in teams that have deep NCAA tournament runs that – that's a big concern for me. Uh, I, not you know they they have a number of guys, including Jaden Springer and Vescovi when he's playing well, that can handle that role. I just think having a difference maker and distributor, along with a, a, a scorer, also those are the kind of teams that usually move the deepest in the tournament. And then clearly the post play is there with Pons and Fulkerson as the number two because. When this team is balanced, then you, you see them be able to create better shots, make better decisions, and, and then have more more options. But uh, it's not necessarily just having to go through the post in traditional Grant Williams type of ways. They still need to be able to involve them and find ways for them to contribute and be forces on both ends of the floor. So regardless of how it comes in transition, uh, in, in you know cutting to the basket and setting screens, however they do it, they have to be effective. Uh, I don't think they can be a perimeter-dominated team with just a role player as that fifth position to go for guards. I don't think that carries you a long way in the tournament or wouldn't with this group. The other thing I would throw in there, Jimmy, is legs. Because what is difference? Legs? And you've asked legs, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ener- energy, uh, and you've asked Rick Barnes of, about the extra rest and not having that game before a uh, game before Florida, where they got right. you know basically eight days. I think that gave them a whole lot of juice in that game, and then not having to play till Friday to follow that up. I think you saw the energy in Nashville, but then and and that carried over until you know the second half against Alabama. But then that high level intense game and back to back days, I think it eventually seeped back out, and that that meter went from closer to F to closer to E on the gas tank, and I, that would be my concern: is where are their legs? The, playing the Friday. Uh, you know, playing again here on Friday from, um, you know, being eliminated the tournament, maybe that refreshes them in the first round game. They get past that is a 48 hour turnaround, or maybe even to that depending on the game time of of the second round. Do they not have the legs to sustain throughout the entire game in round two? And does the tank run back out? You keep playing the fill up and run out type of thing. And that would be my concern. Uh, another one of my concerns for this Tennessee team. I thought that Rick Barnes after the loss to Alabama might have been more positive with his team than I've heard him after any loss this year. 
Uh, did you think that, and what do you, and if so, what is the thinking behind that? I, it's a great question, Jimmy. I did think that, and I think the reason is is because as he uh, as he pointed out that his team has had a different vibe to them. I don't know if he used the word vibe, but a different feel to them in talking about being more engaged in the scout, a different energy. They looked different in the first half of that Alabama game, Jimmy. I, they just they just had a different aura to them, a different level of of confidence to them. I thought at times they, or late in the year, I don't know if it was discouraged, tired, or or lack of confidence, whatever it was. I saw a team that looked different in the Florida game and in the SEC tournament and the first half against Alabama. They were carrying themselves different and doing some of those preparation things that Barnes also has pointed out. So I think it's more of the encouraging signs that this team now has a chance by improving in some of those other areas that that maybe gives him even more hope and encouragement more so than just the result. And John Fulkerson is certainly a factor in that and not having played that Alabama game. And, you know, Jimmy, when I asked Rick Barnes on Sunday night and prep for the NCAA tournament, what do you think is the potential of this basketball team mm-hmm. for the tournament? He said, well, I think we can play with anybody and beat anybody. And I really believe that. And I thought that was really noteworthy. And then he also not long after that said, well, I'd like to see what, what, you know, what we can do with all hands on deck and having everybody healthy, which to me also pointed out, that me saying that, that we can play with anybody, I think we need everybody available and playing well in order to do that. I don't think they can do that with without John Fulkerson, excuse me. And then, you know, you have to wonder, even if they do get John Fulkerson back, are they getting the, the effective John Fulkerson back that we saw late prior to that dirty elbow? Or are we going to get a more tentative, uh, more fatigued John Fulkerson that maybe we saw a little bit earlier in the year. If if it's an effective John Fulkerson, then I think, yes, at their peak, they can't compete with anybody. But without all of that, Jimmy, I, I don't. But I he sees those signs of them just acting differently, and I think that's why you saw him be more positive, more so than focused on the result of the loss. Our guest, Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. We've got more with Vince coming up to join us. 656-9900. 656-9900. That's how you join 99.1, the sports animal. Day. From the Budweiser studios of the sports animal. I quit my bed until I was 19. There's no shame in that. We are 99.1, the sports animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us this hour of the show. To the phones we go, it's Steve who joins us. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey, Vince, you was talking the other day about our our new our special teams coach, and you said he was a, had a reputation of being a good recruiter. Somebody down this way is claiming he's supposed to be a really great recruiter. Uh, is he a good one or a great one? 
Well, that's so subjective. I'm going off of reputation, and I've heard he's a very good recruiter. Now, you also have to take into account of where has his recruiting areas been, and he's had right. some time in the southeast and and also out in California. But I think that variety is in his favor. But right. I, I'm, you know, great great recruiter, Steve. That's and that's a pretty high uh, bar to put on it. I, I I think very good recruiter would be the safer way to go. But now that he has the University of Tennessee to be able to recruit to, that seemingly regardless of who the head coach is and the staff, you know they can recruit uh, really good players. That right. maybe now with those resources he can earn that label of gray. I, I right. just I just think I'm a little hesitant to go that far with it yet. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, fellas, I heard heard you talking in the course about the basketball and y'all y'all mm-hmm. y'all think that we might be able to win a game or two in a tournament, don't you? Uh uh Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah a game yeah, again, they'll be favored, and I'm sure they are, over Oregon State. They're the five seed, and the Nine five points. seeds. Yeah, and they're they're uh, clearly they're, they should win that game based on the seeding and, and the season they've had. The reason Oregon State's in this tournament is because they won their conference tournament in the Pac-12 right, right. unexpectedly. Right. So, uh, yes, they should. A game, absolutely. Two, then it gets tougher because – Oklahoma State is is a very good team, and and I think probably deserved better than a four seed that they got. Um, so uh, yeah, that's going to be tough. But can they? Absolutely, they can. Uh, yeah, they can go. Yeah. They can win a, a couple of games. After that, then you start seeing the elite of the elite in college basketball, and uh, and we'll see. All right. Well, well, okay, guys. Uh, I learned something like I usually do. So that's good to have y'all there to tell me stuff. <laughs> okay, fellas, thanks a lot. All right, Steve, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, and John, well, real quick, uh, I'm yes. sorry, real quick while we're I'm sorry uh, while we're talking about how far Tennessee can go, everyone, uh, if you get an oppor- next time you get an opportunity, go to our website ninety nine one thesportsanimal dot com because our poll question that you can find on the bottom right is how far do you expect the Vols to go in the NCAA tournament? We actually had that question uh, uh, for a week or two, but now that the brackets are out, you see what the matchups look like, the potential matchups, maybe your opinion changes on that. So we'd love for you to join uh, everybody that, that's jumped in there and uh, and given their vote and make your vote count and see where you got. I can tell you the leader is second round right now with – I believe Sweet 16 is second, and then first round is third. So I think that's kind of the expectation for the the fans. Would would you guys agree that that's where the fans are at right now, kind of in that, you know, get to the second round type of range for this basketball team? I'm just – I'm really – disappointed that we didn't have couple two tree as a uh, as, as an option as a selection well that, that, that's the the twitter poll that i've been sports that's, that's how right. we're wording it there you know <laughs> couple two tree uh it's leading the poll once again <laughs> but you'll find that at 991 thesportsanimal.com let's check in with jim you're on sports talk hello jim Ooh. 
Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Uh, I didn't hear your segment at the very beginning, Vince, so you may have talked about what you thought should happen with Omar Payne, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, I I heard uh, an interview yesterday. Paul Feinbaum interviewed uh, Gentry Estes from the Tennessean, and I'm not I'm not familiar with him. You guys may know him. Uh, and Paul Feinbaum asked him, should anything else be done? In other words, he's, he, he was kicked out of the game, but should anything else be done? Give me 30 seconds, and I'm going to give you his verbatim comments. I don't think anything else can be done because you don't want to set a precedent for any sort of legal ramifications stemming from an athletic event. You know, maybe a suspension carries over into the tournament, but I think there was quite a bit of contrition shown by the player, Coach Mike White, the Florida team. I think there was true remorse there for an incident that happened in the heat of competition. I know there are probably a lot of Tennessee fans who disagree with me and say it was over the line, and maybe it was. But but to me, there's an, uh, it was an unfortunate thing. You do hate to see it, and it certainly deserved ejection from the game at the time. But people have asked me, can we do any more here? But I think it's just one of those things that happens. You wish it hadn't, but it did. I, I was amazed listening to that, guys, because I, I, I thought he put more, more into the Florida was so sorry it happened. Then, 100% <laughs> disagree with him. Here, you know what? Yeah. I've heard people that robbed a bank say they were sorry. <laughs> so let's don't put them in jail. That's okay. right. I will never do that again. That is my word to you. Well, if you said, then you're absolved. <laughs> Vince, what, where do you come down yeah. on this? I, I think there should be more punishment. And I, I'm, sort, I'm like what Jimmy said in that, Look, a lot of people do things that are wrong, that have regret, but it doesn't take away their actions. So, you know, I, I'm sorry it, because that was that was not only one vicious over-the-top elbow; it was actually two strikes. That's right. And it, it's it's amazing that I I read somewhere a Florida uh, Florida wet coverage website, and they were trying to explain this thing out well. It was very unfortunate. Fulkerson was grabbing onto his jersey, and he was trying to get him off and, you know, made contact, and it was a vicious elbow. But, you know, and just trying to explain this out, uh, there was no explanation for it. Uh, if it was an accident, which, of course, it wasn't, uh, then there wouldn't be the apologies across the board that we got. Everybody knew it was dirty and intentional, and so I do think there should be extra punishment. Now, the debate would be, do they carry that over into the regular season where it's SEC? Uh, it, or is that something that you could take away from the NCAA? I'm not sure if the SEC is doing the penalties. I don't know that the NCAA would carry those over or we can cost them. Because I see where Tennessee fans are coming from. Hey, we lose our player. They get to keep their player for their NCAA tournament. We may not have ours. So I totally get that. A lot of comparison I've heard for the Juwan Jennings situation, uh, you know, with Vanderbilt and stepping on the player and that kind of stuff. I don't know how exact that is, but you know, I, I do think it was it was so significant that I think there should be additional punishment than just apologies. 
I will say I've heard a lot of national people, uh, on the other hand, really outraged at this, you know, and really coming down hard at how bad this was. And uh, but I, when I listened to uh, Gentry Estes, I was just just amazed at how, you know, I guess, um, I guess sorry if you say you're sorry, you're you're fine. <laughs> Well, I, I keep hoping uh, as each day goes by, we'll, we'll hear something from either Florida or the SEC office. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Guys, I appreciate uh, all, all the comments. Thanks, guys. Have a, have a good evening. Sure do appreciate it, Jim. You. you as well. We've got more with Vince Ferrara coming up. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. More, co- uh, more of Sports Talk coming your way on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Credibility, honesty, and a dedication to bring you the sports information you deserve each afternoon. This is Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hines on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, our guest Vince Ferrara, as he joins us for this second hour of the show. To join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. So, Vince, you've got Tennessee basketball, of course, which is going to play its uh, NCAA tournament opening game on Friday. You've also got Tennessee baseball, which is going great guns, getting ready for SEC play. But You've also got spring practice, which starts next week. What do you think are the key storylines that you'll be following as it gets underway? Well, certainly hoping that we can be there in some form or, or fashion this year. We'll see to be determined on that, I guess. And Jimmy will have the word on that as soon as we, uh, we find out for sure. But it, it, will, it will make a difference to be there. I know for some it's just ho-hum It's spring practice. It's not – Uh, the be-all, end-all, but you can pick up things and learn things about players and then kind of piece piece, uh, different bits of information together to form opinions, and that's what we're here for. We're here to pass along information and form opinions, and it's it's so difficult to do that from a distance and just rely on what you're being told versus seeing things with your own two eyes, even if it's not the juiciest, best type of practice reps and maybe that'll change that would be certainly welcomed so that's one thing the the other thing obviously is how this coaching staff operates you know we've heard about how different Josh Heupel uh, is in personality in in operations than a Jeremy Pruitt and looking forward to see that play out heard music is going to be back they're going to do fun things want to see how he handles his time if he does Rome, or if he's right there in the you know next to the quarterbacks the whole time, is he bouncing around from all of the offensive positions and just letting the defense do their thing? How does Hypel operate? How does that new coaching staff? How do they look and connect with their players? Another thing, obviously, is the quarterbacks. You know, what what does Hendon Hooker look like? What does Caden Salter look like? What how do those quarterbacks uh, handle the what will be probably a different pace of practice and different expectations? Uh, are the drills going to be different with what they what they do? Um, and and how do the quarterbacks look and throw in the football? Uh, I think the, the quarterback situation it's what most people are going to talk about, and and I know that's just an easy answer, but it's the truth. It's what 
is very important for this football team to have any sort of decent season or maybe outperform what might look like is the potential for this team. And then the other thing is, as typical, the newcomers. Do they look like they have newcomers that could be early difference makers? Again, if they're going to have results that they would want, that fans would want and hope for, I think you're going to need some newcomers to come through. You're going to need development from the existing players better than last year for sure. We'll see how they fit, but they're going to need some of this new signing class, the newcomers, to to come through and give them some juice. And so I, I think the the newcomers is, is seeing identifying some potential playmakers in that group will be important. There are plenty of others, line of scrimmage, and you know running backs, and and all, there's plenty of other things, but. Those would be a few to me at, at the top to, uh, to kind of hone in on. Uh, Vince, what do you think is the strength of this team? That might be a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's never stopped you before, Jimmy, <laughs> from asking <laughs> hard questions. <laughs> no, it's it's a legit question. I, I, you know, probably defensive line just based yeah. on – experience and bodies but man using using strength with that group i i think that's a little little iffy to do also yeah there's positions like wide receiver that has potential still because of you know how highly thought of that group of receivers was last year it's going to be really young so again that's kind of hard to expect them to be the strength of the team um you know they still have some good offensive linemen that that I, I you know I think can can be effective for them and they were highly thought of but they're losing so much still that again that would be an assumption that, that you know enough guys are are rising up at least a bunch of running back you know, linebacker is a massive question secondary you even lose their kicker so you can't even like fall back on that oh it's Brent Aglia. well <laughs> no it's not uh, so I guess by default. Jimmy, it's it's a defensive line, and that's why. Even though, yes, there are some guys, there's some highly recruited uh, guys with great rank uh, ratings in high school that fans will be excited about that haven't lived up to their potential that maybe will under Heupel. But it, it's it's hard when you have to search for strengths like that. It's hard to just take the easier air quote schedule for Tennessee this year and say, Oh, I, I see, I see six wins. I see seven wins. <laughs> well, what about the roster? So that's, that's certainly a factor. I'm not saying they can't improve and develop, but I'm not just going to assume lighter schedule. Those are wins because of that school's name and Tennessee's name. Um, it, it's when you really dig into this team, there are plenty of question marks and unknowns. And uh, I, I I think that's why maybe for a while we need to let them go through spring practice and see if there are more encouraging signs than than just get too excited and expect too much from this first year group under Josh Eiffel. Uh Going back to basketball, I was just sent this by a buddy of mine. Uh, only Fairfield and Oklahoma State with ten won more games outright as an underdog than Oregon State, which won nine. And Tennessee a nine-point favorite. Does that give you any cause for concern that the Beavers are uh, pretty pretty good at uh, pulling upsets? Well, I 
I'd like to see when those wins were. I would imagine three of them were in the Pac-12 tournament. That's correct. Um, so you're you're racking up a third of them there on neutral site, which which is is a good thing. Uh, you know, for them to show that they can win on, on neutral site, then that's that's encouraging for them. Um, were the other ones, you know, early in the year, who were they against? Um, you know, so it, it doesn't drastically change my mind. It's it's very interesting. It's noteworthy. I think um, the fact that they're playing their best ball, I, I think that's a, you know, maybe a little bit bigger pause for concern. I think Tennessee, if they don't play well and don't have John Fulkerson, I they can lose this game. I'm not picking them to. I would still uh, expect them to, but this game is in play for them to lose. Now, the five twelves. You a lot of times that is a you know easy, not an easy, but a uh, often used upset type of spot where you're looking for the underdog. And CBS uh, brought up. Uh, brought up the stat over the weekend during their selection show that well, actually it might have been ESPN that in the last five years the fives two of those five years have swept the twelves. So wow. sometimes it happens, sometimes it, it doesn't. So two of the five years the five seeds completely swept the twelves. Um so it you know it each year it's a little bit different. Um, I think I think there's other six eleven, seven tens, and definitely the nines over the eights. Those are be more of your upsets than the five twelves. But um, I, I just think Oregon State's play more so than be, than pulling upsets. It would be a little bit more of a factor for me to look at. Our guest, Vince Ferrara. We'll get a break. One more segment with Vince coming up as you listen to Sports Talk. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. More with Vince on 99.1, the sports animal. Now back to more of the most trusted sports information on the air. Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hines on 99.1, the sports animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk, a final segment with Vince Ferrara as he joins us, courtesy of our friends at Waters Equipment on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. Vince, what's coming up this week on In the Cage? Well, we'll review last weekend's UFC event, another one at the Apex there in Vegas this weekend for us to preview, and we'll talk to a local fighter that's teammate of Ovin St. Peru at Knoxville Martial Arts Academy here in Knoxville. Dre Miley has an unbelievable story. Uh, he has vision out of only one eye, but he still fights in MMA, and he's a terrific MMA fighter, and he has quite a journey, a really inspirational young man, and looking for that break on the national level in the UFC or one of those national promotions. And we'll talk to him on this Thursday show. So really excited to have everyone really uh, learn about him and, and, you know, just take some inspiration from him because he is truly a, an amazing guy. Sounds like a great guest. And of course you're getting ready for Tennessee and ETSU tonight. What do you think of the balls being in the top 10 for the first time since 2006? Yeah, how about that? And, you, you know, you always, you know this, John, you always quote the highest 
of those rankings, and there's a lot of them in college baseball. But nonetheless, it counts, and I, you know, I think this team has all kinds of potential. Um, starting to, to warm up some of those veteran bats, which is a plus. And if uh, if they can continue to um, to get some guys healthy and back, uh, I think we'll we'll see Will Mabry and Jason Rackers back very soon. And then you hope that it's not too too long before into the SEC season that you get Jackson Leaf back. I think he's a game changer, a guy that can take you to the next level. And man, I, I you know the thought, John, and you know this, the thought of Jackson Lee, Blake Tidwell, and Chad Dallas in whatever order you want to put them as your weekend rotation. That to me, it sounds like and feels like a team that can be in the top ten, stick in the top ten, and have a winning record in the SEC if you have those three guys in your rotation. Uh, it'll be a while before we can see that, but. I think there's plenty for this team to continue to grow. And um, obviously for a lot of these guys, it's been far too long since they've had an SEC game for them to play in and for everybody else to see. So looking forward to uh, getting that going on uh, on Friday. Vince, we're short on time, but New England has taken a deep dive into free agency. Do you think they can flip <laughs> it around and, and be a playoff team next year? I do. I, there are a lot of good players. Me talk about stacking those tight ends and John Smith and Hunter Henry, you know, uh, improving their wide receiving core. I still don't think it's great. They need more work there. But they're addressing the line of scrimmage. Plus, they get a number of guys back that opted out last year. Certainly got to get the quarterback position right. But if they may just try to manage that and get everything else good. They still have a great system and a coaching staff there. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is uh, – this has been very successful for them, and I think it can work out for them. I don't know if I put them ahead of Buffalo, but I think it, they they can bounce back next year. Vince, always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the ballpark this this evening. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. All right. That's Vince Ferrara, courtesy of Waters Equipment, joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline.